Lori Houston's News for the Heart is dedicated to helping you give a voice to your own soul. Our hearts have the power to free us from pain and the struggles that keep us from awakening to our true essence. Join Lori now as we delve into our heart and soul to find the path that will open us to the possibilities and lead us to the life we love to live. And good afternoon. This is News for the Heart. And today I have my wonderful angel, Michelle Gordon, with me. And uh, it's very exciting because she's written her eighth book. And by the time this goes live to all iHeart and Spreaker, um, the book will be out. So this will be a nice opportunity to sort of talk about the book, get everybody excited about it so that everybody can go out there and get it. Now, this is... This is book eight, which is called The Twin Flame Rebellion, and it began eight books ago with the Earth Angel Training Academy. Earth Angel, yeah, Training Academy? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, honestly, if if there's any books that you want to read this summer and you haven't started this amazing series of books, you want to start with this. You want to get the first book, work your way through, because it's a very exciting you know, it's a lovely story that really has a lot of truth in it, and it really, it ignites within you a way to open up to really who we truly are, and uh, whether we're a character in the book or just the essence of who we are and what we're here to do and what this time is really about, because it's a very exciting time. I know a lot of people get a little bit exhausted and there's been some trying bits, but really, honestly, it's an amazing time to be alive. And our lovely Violet and Velvet, who um, is the main, I would say the main character in all of the books, um, is definitely here to remind us of who we are. So, hey, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> Hi. I was just enjoying listening to you. <laughs> oh, right. It's your interview, right? <laughs> no, no. I was enjoying the uh, the description. It's awesome. Yeah, well, I, you know, as you know, you sent me a yeah. prequel copy so that I could read it. Um, I do still have my copy coming out on Friday, but hey. I still, I still wanted to uh, read it, and of course, I had to, uh, I had to give Vivi some little notes, <laughs> just some little tidbits, so that she will get excited about reading it, um, which she's already purchased too, I believe. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was an exciting book. Again, I love the series because it really gives you an opportunity to remember parts of who we are. Because I think. That's the biggest thing is that we come here and that has always been a theme in your book is that we just keep forgetting. We keep forgetting just how amazingly powerful we are and just everything that we're doing. And we forget the divine aspect of ourselves. So I love that in your books. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's a concept that, you know, we come here with a blank slate, clean slate, you know, and that's not strictly true because as we know, we bring with us quite a lot of subconscious fears and baggage and all that kind of stuff so it's not a completely blank slate which in a way would actually be more useful (laughs) Um, (laughs) because then we could create from a new but we do bring with us all of the the experiences and the wisdom as well from our previous lives and the problem is, is when we only really consciously start acting out the issues that we've brought from our past lives and not the wisdom that we've brought from our past lives and I think for me the earth angel concept 
is a kind of fun way of remembering where we've come from, why we came here in the first place and what it is that we're actually here to do. And it's, yeah, it's a, it's a fun way of, of exploring those ideas that I think that once you get into it, it's just, yeah, it becomes, it kind of becomes a way of life. Some people have likened it to be in a bit like a religion and I'm like, whoa, no, no, no. <laughs> you know, there's no kind of restrictions. There's no dogma around it. I mean, you know, I've even had some people sort of say, oh, well, what if I'm a star person and I don't want to be a star person. I want to be a fairy. And I'm like, well, be a fairy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not set in stone just because you might've come from, you know, That's another right. planet in a past life doesn't mean that you can't embody all that it is to be a fairy you know you can protect nature you can you know have plants and animals around you you can you know you can have fun and be spontaneous and I mean I know for myself you know I, I know kind of where I believe my origins to be but there's part of me that wants to embody the other types as well because you know because it's fun for a start um, but also just because at different times we will want to bring those different aspects in anyway so yeah it's um it has become a kind of a way of life for me i suppose because you know i recognize my friends and family as different earth angels and it changes my methods of communication with some people and it changes my relationships in in good ways usually <laughs> um and it also just helps me to to feel okay with being here on this planet as well i know a lot of um, earth angels really feel uncomfortable and out of place yeah. on this planet they don't really want to be here sometimes and you know it's not about wanting to die it's about wanting to go home to somewhere where you belong and that was actually one of the themes in the book is you know you know there is a there is an angel who thinks well do you know what this angel like realm sounds amazing why would i want to stay on this planet i want to go home um and i think that is quite a big thing for you know for a lot of earth angels it's just that sense and that feeling of belonging they need to feel like they belong somewhere and you know that's why it's really important i think for people to connect with other earth angels if they feel like that they need to find other people in the same boat as azua and um and connect with them and and create that feeling of belonging yeah so i think that's a that is definitely a theme that a lot of people feel when they're, I don't know, when they're starting to wake up, that they're starting yes. to remember. Um, because that longing for home, I mean, I think we all sort of remember that. And then if we get caught up in the religious dogma of, you know, being sent down from yeah. from the angels or, you know, from heaven or from the garden you know we we have that that kind of longing that we've done something wrong and so we hold a lot of negative beliefs around that so that energy kind of gets amplified at different times especially if we get depressed or we're feeling lonely and so you know we start to blame ourselves and so there's a whole you know a whole thing that kind of happens around that but we really that's, I guess that's part of that process of, wait a minute, there's so much more to life. And that home feeling we get to create here, that's definitely yeah. a choice and an opportunity to move into, you know, and to remember. It's it's really about remembering. Yes, absolutely. And um, yeah, the feeling of, you know, we've been sent here as a punishment. Yeah. <laughs> Because sometimes it can really feel like that. You're like, why was I sent here? But we, none of us was sent here. You know, we all volunteered to do this. And 
And although it may have been, you know, for very different reasons that we volunteered to do it, we, we have chosen to be here. And I think when I kind of came across the idea of Earth Angels and I realised that I had chosen to be here and there was a very particular reason why I'd chosen to be here, it was easier to be here because there was no blame, you know, there was no kind of like, I've done something wrong, there was no issues around it. It was just like, I chose to be here, this is why I'm here, and all of it really is just part of the game of being here and, and you know, we all just are on basically going home at some point and, you know, to just make the most of the experience that we're having right now. And, and also, you know, you're saying that we've come here for very specific reasons. There's also, you know, just, we've just come here to just to be, to experience being human, to, you know, to connect with one another. And so a lot of earth angels really feel such strong missions, such strong purposes and reasons why they've got to be here that they kind of almost kill themselves just trying to get it done and, get it you know and i don't know I, I do the same i mean if you could see my to-do list it's enough to make anybody cry and <laughs> you know you have this sort of real sort of urgency that you've got to get stuff done and you've got to live your purpose and you've got to get on with it and you know we've also got to be gentle and kind to ourselves and know that you know it's not easy to be here um so we do need to actually relax and take it easy every once in a while so that we don't completely burn out and not actually do what we we wanted to do when we came down so um yeah it's i I, well yeah i find the whole thing just a sort of fascinating way of looking at it really rather than you know we're just here to work earn money eat sleep and you know (laughs) that's it (laughs) so kind of just adds another dimension to life that i think makes it a little bit more interesting right and it adds it brings the magic back because we all remember that magic when we were children that we felt everything was new and exciting and you know there were so many opportunities and as we get older of course we start to lose that sense of magic and certainly these books inspire the magic back into our lives which i think is really you know the best part of of your series yeah, I've got a yeah, I've got a particular thing for magic. I mean, everything that I read and watched as a kid was all magical kind of things and I, you know, I could feel and see and hear a lot more than I, you know, most adults kind of can. Um, you know, when I think about it now, I was just like, wow, those are some crazy experiences I had as a kid that seemed completely normal at the time. And now when I look at it, I think, okay, that wasn't quite, you know, normal. Um, and I think yeah, it's bringing that magic back into into your life. I mean, you know, the, my books are for adults, you know, a lot of people, you only get to read, you know, about fairies and angels in children's books, you know, when you're younger, and it's kind of acceptable then. But, you know, these books are for adults for them to remember that that magic, you know, from being a child and from their previous lives. So yeah, and uh, you know, I just, I love writing them. <laughs> You know, I, I, I kind of get a, in between books, like a little bit sort of, oh, you know, I just want to dive back into where the characters are. And I want to I want to spend time with them um, because, you know, they've become, you know, my friends in a way. And, and a lot of my friends are in the books as well. Um, and I've met a lot of the characters after writing the books. Um, but it's yeah, I, when I get immersed in that space, I it, you know, there's nothing like it. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Now I can I can imagine I would be wanting to write all the time just to <laughs> you know but just to just to get to that to remembering and to to playing and I know that some of the things that once you write them which is really why I want you to write book 9 um starts to happen 
Yeah. <laughs> because for those who don't know, I am in book eight, the bit, the beginning part of my story, which is actually when Michelle came to Toronto um, to, so it, it's, it's, I love the story and it's not just <laughs> because I'm in it, although that does give an added uh, excitement to it. Um, but yeah, I loved that part of the book. I loved you know, everything you wrote on that part of the journey. And of course, I'm not well, going was... to give any of that away, but no. I'm kind of And it was, it was based on our actual conversations as well, because some of it was just, just, just brilliant. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to have to incorporate that somehow because it was just, and it was perfect as well for the theme of the book, which is, you know, forgetting who you are, Yeah. you know, and that's that, yeah, this, this book, I mean, all of the books really are about really remembering who we are and, and, stepping into the power of who we are as well. You know, a lot of earth angels get so overwhelmed with yeah. everything that's going on in the world because they feel it so deeply and just everything that they want to accomplish and everybody they want to help and, you know, everything they came here to do. And it just, it gets too much. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of when the, the forgetting and the shutting down and the going to sleep kind of happens because it's kind of a protective mechanism. But if we really step into the power of who we are, which is completely unlimited, divine beings then it's not so overwhelming because there's there's a lot of strength and power in that in that remembering yeah so now one of the big themes in your book which also you know kind of went with me um although i don't know that that got mentioned so much being the professor of of manifestation but um, <laughs> was about manifesting and creating yes. things and so that was a big theme in your book and I really liked I really liked how you brought it together which makes me think that you know we need to have these groups of people coming together and um, doing the creation from that space of you know higher vibration or that space of real love and um, desire to assist you know more than just themselves but to yes. bring it all together in a way that you know allows I believe you know this law of attraction or how we're supposed to create um, is really all about yeah the manifestation thing really because um, when I first started writing the book well I just it was before, so it was the beginning of last year I started writing the book. And at the time I was trying to manifest getting out to America and doing the tour. And um, But it is, you know, like I say in the book, it is a huge thing with Earth Angels. We do find it difficult to manifest what we need. And a lot of it is because of the receiving aspect. It's the, you know, we were so focused on giving and to other people and helping other people and you know we forget that actually we need to ask for what we want and we need to be able to receive it so yeah the theme of manifestation was kind of quite big in my mind when I was you know when I was writing the book and um to go together with the book as well um the there's on the online classes um at the account academy and I've just released manifestation 101 um which is kind of my own sort of take on how to manifest things and it's not necessarily a ritual or a method or it's just simply the different steps that it takes to manifesting something and obviously the more you do it the less of the steps you really need to do consciously because it'll just happen anyway um but that class is now live and if you get the twin flame rebellion there's a code in the back of the book so you can get the course for free so um so just a little plug there if you get the book you get the free class um <laughs> and it's yeah it, the manifestation thing is is really important because you know there are so many people who 
they're not getting the things that they want and they don't know why. Um, and then they'll read all the books and, you know, they'll be like, oh, none of it works, none of it works. <laughs> um, but really, they're probably employing manifestation methods all the time, but not really recognizing what they're doing. Right. Um, so last year, um, and the other interesting aspect of it as well is as soon as you become aware of how you are manifesting and what you're doing to manifest, quite often you actually then kill the magic of it. <laughs> Because then you try to use it in a conscious way and, and, you know, and control it, which obviously is a lot more difficult than if you're doing it spontaneously. So one of the ways that I was manifesting things last year quite strongly without trying to, and I think that's the other thing as well, it's the effortlessness. You know, manifesting is, is effortless. You know, it shouldn't be this struggle, this hard work or anything like that. But if we try and pretend to make it effortless, it doesn't right. work either. Yeah. It's got to, you know, it's got to come naturally. So one of the things that I kept saying was, hey, wouldn't it be funny if so-and-so happened? Or, oh, wouldn't it be really cool if that happened? And I would say in a very kind of detached, oh, you know, that'd be fun, but it wouldn't be the end of the world if it didn't. And by the end of the year, anything that I'd said in that manner had come true. Huh. And it was just like, oh, hang on a minute. <laughs> There's something in this, but of course, now that I'm consciously aware of it, I, you know, I'm not sure it would actually work anymore. It might, um, but it's it's that kind of ease and detachment and effortlessness. That sort of, you know, we, you know, I'll, I'll give this a try, but if it doesn't happen, it's not the end of the world. And that detachment is often what brings it to us because we're not coming from a place of desperation and lack and got to have it, got to have it, you know, which, as we know, pushes it away further. So. And that is the biggest problem because often yeah. we we have these wants that we have. They're very clear, but because they're coming from a place of lack or they're coming from a place of fear, um, yes. that's, you know, we're usually creating more of the fear instead of what it is that we're wanting. And it, it's a real hard, um, it's a challenging way to kind of get yourself out of that. I know, I know what I did. Um, I just took like, I think I took like three or four weeks and I just didn't think about anything. And I just, I just was reading books that I really enjoyed. And I just, I engrossed myself into, you know, a world where I didn't have to worry about, you know, the bills or, and that, I don't know why, but for whatever reason that shifted everything. There's every once in a while, I'll still think of something, but I mean, it's I am not in that same place and I can understand how I was creating from that place because it's, it's like that, you know, it's a hard cycle to break, especially, especially if it is around, um, finances because, you know, the beginning of the month, every month, you know, there's, there's bills that have to be paid and you have to, you know, you get caught in that cycle of worrying about all that stuff. Um, it's, so it's, it's a, it's an interesting dilemma because we, we really have to step outside of it. As you say, we have to be detached. And if you can do it from a place of having fun, I mean, that's what it's all yeah. about. Right? Absolutely. And it's, it's funny because, you know, when we start saying things like, for example, oh my goodness, you know, I've got so many clients right now and I, you know, they're just coming from everywhere. 
And if we are saying that because it's actually happening, you'll find that you'll get more and more and more and more and more clients and you literally won't know what to do with them all because there's so many of them. And yet when you have no clients, it's really hard to go, goodness, all the clients are coming from everywhere. I don't know what to do with them because there's there's this kind of, that's not really true, but I'm going to say it and hope that it comes true. And it's almost like we need just that tiny little bit of proof or that little bit of positive for us to start affirming that positive and then it becomes more and more and more true because one of the videos that I reference all the time if you, when I'm trying to explain this is um, Neil Donald Walsh's um, this video on YouTube called God Says Yes mm. and he said whatever you say God says yes he's like he only knows one word yes <laughs> so whatever you affirm he's saying yes to it and he's giving you what you are saying so, you know, if you say one of the examples he says is, you know, I'm sick of being sick and tired. God just says, yes, that's right. <laughs> and, you know, so you have to say, you know, what you actually want because God will say yes to it. And But if you say, I want this, God says, yes, you do want it. <laughs> you know, so it's it's the whole, you know, putting it in the present tense and, you know, putting it in the positive and and it seems a very kind of bizarre way of doing things, but it, it makes sense to me that, you know, whatever you say, and like I said, in a, if you say it in a playful, you know, joyful kind of way, like me just going, oh, wouldn't it be funny if that happened? You know, it's a very kind of light energy to it. And I know, I know from plenty of experience that when you're in that cycle of that dark hole of, oh my God, I don't actually know where I'm, you know, where I'm going to sleep tonight or, you know, where the money's going to come from or, you know, if you're in that kind of place, it is really, really tricky to get yourself into a place of gratitude and, you know, I'm thankful for this coming to my life or whatever because, you know, you're in survival mode, you're in panic mode because, you know, if when your actual survival is at risk, <laughs> um, you know, is in question, then it's it's hard to just get into that space of creating and you know every time I'm in that space it's just like I might know you know on a sort of on one level that yeah all I have to do is do positive you know sort of affirmations to get myself out of here it's really hard to do that when you're in that space like really hard (laughs) I think one of the things is is that you mentioned it has to be authentic so if you're not in that place right yeah you can say maybe I'm willing to be open to or, you know, yeah, something yes. that makes it still authentic, that you're willing to, you know, I don't know, to be open to having more people come to your home or, and then give yeah. a reason that maybe it, it'll make you feel empowered or offer freedom. And a lot of times we get stuck in, you know, I need a million dollars and yeah. that million dollars, <laughs> I mean, it's never the money that you need. It's what that money will bring you. So it's always good to bring in, you know, the emotional connection of what it will offer you, not like as a quality, not as a thing. I, I, that's the one thing that I've always kind of, um, said about the secret or the law of attraction, the movie is that it really was great greed based. And it was really about things outside of you. So sure you could get excited about getting that big new house or that, you know, that faster faster car. Um, but it, it really isn't about those things that are outside of us. And I think the more we focus on those things outside of us, the, the things that we can't really see, and we never get to, um, get into that place of 
authenticity because it's something outside of us and we're always going to look longingly instead of, you know, feeling it from inside. So it's like step back from it and, you know, get it from inside. Like it's amazing what we can do. There's so many opportunities and, you know, maybe if you want more clients, you start off by, you know, lowering your prices or doing something that, you know, entices a lot of people to come to you. Maybe you even put it on a by donation. It's, it's like you, you have to start somewhere and, and we kind of get caught up in, in the hows and the whys and the, you know, what we can do, what we how we can change things. And it's not about that. It's like, all inside that we need to just sort of shift our focus from that yearning to that being grateful and excited and and just offering and I don't know maybe I learned something as the professor of manifestation (laughs) (laughs) well it's funny because I mean the the secret was one of the first kind of self-development type things that I came across I mean in 2007 I I joined a uh, sort of like multi-level marketing kind of thing and they were very big. I mean, it was an American company and they were very, very big on the success focused, you know, goal driven and all this kind of stuff. And that was one of the first things that I came across. And to me, I look at it now as a kind of as an introduction sort of training, (laughs) Um, because if people can see how easy it is to manifest exterior physical material things, then hopefully that's kind of just proof that it's possible, right. you know. So it's easy to see, oh, hey, I manifested a parking spot. Hey, I manifested a cup of coffee. Hey, I manifested that piece of jewelry. Then you can start to see how powerful you are in actually, you know, attaining the things that, you know, you would like to bring into your life. So for me, it was kind of like, you know, that that is a way of getting physical proof, you know, that you can manifest everything that you need. And I think, you know, people have sort of, I don't know, rules or guidelines in their head somehow programming. Oh, well, that's really easy to manifest, but that's really difficult to manifest. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things is that in the universe, nothing is big or small or easy or hard to manifest. It's all the same. You know, manifesting a parking spot is as easy as, you know, or as easy or difficult as getting a car, you know, or a house. If you you believe it, yes. Yeah, exactly. And it's just... It's kind of understanding that anything is is possible. It really is possible, but it's it's believing it and sort of doing it in an authentic way. You know, not sort of doing it in a, like oh, you know, like you said, you, you know, I just want the pretty shiny things, and there's nothing deeper to it. You know, if you really want to manifest a car because it will help you to run your business or to serve people or help people in some way, then yes. it's a lot easier, I think, to manifest than if you just want a car because you want it to look good. You know. Yes. Um, which you know is fair enough, but but also I think you know on a on a diff, on another level you know like I said we're here to be human we're here to have all these experiences and there isn't anything wrong with wanting pretty things or <laughs> you know having a nice car and I think that's the other thing that kind of Earth angels can get into this rut of thinking oh I shouldn't have nice things because mm-hmm. I could be spending the money on something more meaningful or you know what I mean and it's just like well actually it's it's not you know, it's not a problem to have nice things um, or to be, you know, paid well or any of those things. It's, you know, we're here to have all of those experiences and it's not about getting rid of our dark side or our ego or, you know, being sort of pure and, (laughs) and humble and all those things. It's about experiencing all of it, you know? So it's, uh, so yeah, manifest the pretty things. Why not? (laughs) Why not? 
Yes. As long as you can get yourself into that belief of, I mean, it, it yeah. does, it is about consciousness. It is about, you know, how, how authentic we are and, you know, whether we believe that these things will work for us. And, um, yeah. I just like to think that, you know, if we can get into that state of the things inside and the qualities that we want more so, like, what will these things do for us? A million dollars yeah. will offer you a lot of freedom, but there's a lot more that comes with that. It's like, what will the things that you really desire, what will they, what will they bring you? Um, deeper intimacy, uh, peace, connection. I mean, these are the things, these are the things that you will take with you when you yeah. trans, when you shift into the next phase of, of your life or your I don't even know if it's your life. It's just the next phase from this world to another. Those are the things you take with you, that, that kind mm -hmm. of growing opportunity. Um, you don't get to take your bank account. <laughs> you don't get to take that yeah. house. <laughs> but you can but still it, enjoy it. Exactly. That's the thing. It's, you know, I think some earth angels do feel like, that. you know, they shouldn't be enjoying themselves because there's so many people in the world who aren't. <sighs> You know, and I think one of the things they need to see is that actually by enjoying yourself and increasing your levels of happiness and joy, it can only do good things for the world. It can only do good things for other people because you are raising the vibration and the energy and that then spills out onto other people as well. So, you know, there's there's no point in sort of being miserable and poverty stricken and, you know, because that isn't what we're here to do. That isn't what, you know, that isn't our part of our purpose. And one of the things I kind of explored at the beginning of the the book when they're talking about manifesting is, um, you know, one of the characters suggests that, well, maybe, you know, we we struggle with finances or we struggle with different parts of our lives because that makes us more determined, you know, to follow our purpose. You know, if we were really wealthy, would we be focused on helping other people, serving other people and following our mission and you know, that's something that I've kind of, you know, sort of struggled with myself is just like, well, why would I, you know, if I know how to manifest anything that I need, if I know all these things, if I've got all these tools, why do I still struggle with stuff? <laughs> and part of it, I think, is because it does motivate me. Right. You know, it does spur me on to, you know, to keep striving to, you know, keep writing books, keep publishing books. You know, I mean, if the money was just no problem, you'd be kind of like, no, well, maybe I'll publish a book this year. I don't know. <laughs> I'm too busy, you know, having fun. <laughs> and, you know, there's always part of me that thinks, well, actually, you know, I hope I would be doing lots of really good things with the money. But we don't know until we're in that situation. And I think, you know, if if, you know, my books had taken a different path. So if I'd released the first book in 2011 and it had taken off like crazy, become a bestseller and, you know, had made me a lot of money, I'm not sure the rest of the books would have ever existed hmm. because, you know, my path and my journey exactly as it happened is what created the rest of the books. Right. So there's, you know, we can look at our path and think, oh, you know, I should be here by now. I should be doing this by now. I should have accomplished that by now. But actually, everything that you've done is in the perfect time and the perfect place um, to get you to exactly where you should be, which is where you are. Um, and I think, you know, we can't really, you know, look back and want to change any of those things because it would just, you know, just look at the same with relationships and anything, really. You know, I've got friends who are just like, oh, you know, I'm I'm this old and I should be doing this. And, you know, and I feel the same way sometimes. I think, you know, I get, you know, surely I should have achieved, you know, this this or this by now you know and then other people kind of 
you kind of need somebody else to go, um, hang on a second. You've done this, 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 and this, and this. Like, you know, that, that's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're just like, yeah, yeah, I suppose so. That's not bad. Um, but it's, you know, I think as well, like the levels of things that people can possibly achieve have gone way, way up right. since, you know, even like, I don't know, even 30 years ago, people just had a much slower pace of life and you know they were in jobs a lot longer and they you know they took their time to achieve things now it's like if you haven't done it in a year you're done (laughs) you know it's kind of just it's a very you know high speed kind of environment now with you know obviously with the internet and with businesses the way they are and it just everything is moving a lot lot faster and I think people feel that pressure that if they haven't got to a certain point or achieved a certain thing by a certain age, then they're, they're behind or they're done or, you know, um, and I mean, there's a lot of, lot of, you know, very well-known people who, you know, they didn't even start to achieve anything until they were in their forties or fifties or sixties or eighties, you know, (laughs) and it's, you know, it really doesn't matter, you know, what age you are. It's, it's never literally never too late to start doing the things that you wanted to do. So, yeah. Yes. And remember the magic. All right, so let's get yeah. to, I mean, the core of what all the books are really kind of around, but this one in particular, and I think there was some, you know, it has been building up to this, but your own path around the Twin Flame Rebellion or, you know, what happens when, now, in this case, there was possibly some interference, which is isn't a unique idea on its own, but let's talk about how difficult... Uh, twin flames or divine mates or however you want to refer to them because there there is some interesting um, energy around what a lot of people call twin flames which is not what you kind of refer to as twin flames but that energy of you know how do you make it work because it's such an intense um, connection yeah, it's um, it's quite funny because I mean, you know, I'm interacting with a lot of people who want to know more about twin flames and, you know, want to know if they're going to find their twin flame and who the twin flame is. And you know, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not an expert in any way, shape, or form on twin flames. I mean, I what I know of them is what I've written about them in the books because that's what's come through through the characters. And when I started writing about it, there was there was nothing about twin flames out there. I, I read the term in a book like once. And I thought, hey, that's a cool idea. <laughs> and it ended up, you know, going into the books and becoming its own thing. And now it's it's everywhere. Um, you know, I mean, that's one of the things that people search for the most and that they find the books is the twin flame um, idea. And it's, it is very, you know, it's a very, very intense connection with another soul. Um, and there's a lot of things around twin flames that I believe that, um, that I've read or have come through that I haven't put in the books because it would make things too complicated. Um, And that one of those things is that I believe that you have more than one, you know, there isn't just one other twin flame, you know, just one twin flame for each person. And I found an article or somebody sent me an article and and it explained just that. I I can't remember how many they said they, you had like seven or so there was some kind of number that said you have this many twin flames. And I've personally met three of mine. So, I'm yeah, completely into that theory that, you know, there is more than one. I don't address that in the books because I have well over a hundred characters already. I really don't need to complicate it any further. <laughs> um, so we're just sticking to the one twin flame in the books, but, um, but yeah, it's, they're incredibly intense 
connections and i know that some people feel that twin flame is literally like you know your two halves of a soul or your you know two flame and i don't necessarily believe that because if you go into the theory of there being lots of different twin flames i do believe that um and in fact this is kind of what another story that i'm writing is about which is in the visionary collection um so this theory i'm i'm kind of playing with it in this other book so not in a twin flame sense but in the the sense that you know there are other people who have fragments of the same soul as you Mm. so there'll be other people who basically are you you know in different bodies and if that's true then it means that the other soul who is your twin flame well there'll be several of them as well (laughs) so you know you will meet different ones at different times and obviously you know yes you might only actually have one that is actually suitable you know because the others might be the wrong age or the wrong gender for you in that lifetime or you know they might be attached to somebody else or they might be on the other side of the world and you never meet them so yes there may only be like one that is possible to be with but there will be several of them um so yeah in terms of making it work (laughs) um I get a lot of messages asking me that and you know I don't have the sort of the magic answers I mean I've I've got a little class on the academy little mini one about how to have a happy twin flame relationship and the three things I address in there to be perfectly honest I think they apply to any relationship and it's based on the um the fire triangle um going with the flame theme and it's basically you need oxygen you need fuel and you need heat so that's right, isn't it? Oxygen, human, yeah, something like that. Um, and I go into detail of what those three things are in terms of, you know, relationships. So, for example, like oxygen, you know, you need space to breathe. You need to allow, you know, the other person that you're with to breathe. And this is especially um, true in twin flame relationships because the intensity of the connection, there's too much heat quite often, you know, because it's just too intense and it's too overwhelming. And usually one will burn out and they'll push away. Uh, or they'll run (laughs) Um, and I think that's the thing oxygen is such a huge part of the twin flame relationship because if you don't intentionally give space to the other person if you don't intentionally create space between you to be able to breathe to focus on your own missions to connect with other people because you can end up in this little bubble and not and ignore everybody else so then you end up losing friends and family you know if you don't intentionally create that space then it'll be created for you you know in in a in a set form of a separation so so yeah it's it's something that you know i'm still figuring out i think you know it's not something that everyone's going to have all worked out i mean i'm hoping that book nine is going to kind of go in the direction of you know we'll be able to see some more successful twin flame relationships and twin flames who previously weren't it wasn't possible for them to be together for them to become together um but at the i think the biggest issue with the twin flame connection at the moment is that we are trying too hard to fit it into the normal you know commas normal relationship paradigm we're trying to fit it into the box of you meet somebody you get married you have kids you get a house you know you follow this particular path and the twin flame relationship really struggles in that box because it's not kind of a normal intensity of relationship and i think when you try to follow the path of the twin flame it's you know it doesn't it's not easy to maintain it's not easy to keep up 
And then the other thing is that you only have people who, you know, they have a twin flame and because it doesn't fit into the box and they've got this programming to have this traditional, you know, relationship, they just can't see how it's going to work because it's not a normal situation. And I think we need to throw the old relationship paradigms out of the window because as you know, you can see anywhere, the divorce rates are going crazy and, you know, people aren't staying together in the, the 50 plus year marriage anymore. It doesn't happen anymore. It's just life has just gone too crazy and too fast and it doesn't work. So we need to create new paradigms that do work without sort of seeing them as failures or seeing them as, you know, as a problem because I mean, quite honestly, I think with Twin Flames, you know, they're not necessarily meant to meet and then stay together for the rest of their lives. You know, Twin Flames are Earth Angels, and Earth Angels have very particular missions. They're here for a reason, and if they can't follow their mission when they're in a Twin Flame relationship, then they need to, you know, they need to sort of go their separate ways to be able to do that. And, you know, I've personally done that quite a few times. Um, But it's, I think it is really important to have that, you know, that space and to just support each other to be able to do what you want to do. Um, because in a way, although the Twin Flame connection is part of the reason why a lot of us came back, um, the promise of meeting our Twin Flame is what brought us back, but it's not really the entire reason of our of our missions, of our purpose of being here. So, And it can be easy to make it into the whole reason for being here. So right. when it doesn't Especially quite work out... Yeah, when it doesn't work out and you get into that separation mode, it feels like the end of the world and it feels like you would rather go home than stay here any longer and it feels like, you, you know, you'll never be happy again and it's terrible and it's it's like, you know, the worst relationship breakup times 20 million. <laughs> um, so, you know, we really need to focus, you know, in equal parts or whatever on, you know, yes, on the relationship, but also very much on our mission and... I think for, for female Earth Angels in particular, it's quite difficult because as a female programming, we're programmed to prioritize our relationships and our connections over our mission. So, you know, it's very easy for us to get diverted off course and to just, you know, just dissolve, if you like, into this space, into the relationship. So, you know, we have to kind of push ourselves to focus on what we're doing here and why. <laughs> right. So. It's 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 an interesting concept because we certainly, as women, we really do want to. Um, our focus on relationship is really important, and of course, it's only through a relationship that we grow. But the the concept of you know the old paradigm that hasn't been working. I think anybody that's been waking up realizes that you know that paradigm no longer works, and. I mean, most paradigms are breaking apart. Like most of the old paradigms need to be completely um, rebuilt from a different foundation. And certainly our relationships is one of those (laughs) areas that really needs some, some big changes. Because you're right. I mean, women often, you know, primarily focus and and it's, funny because those are the women that are so upset with their lives like feel so unfulfilled even even it well 
because the relationships aren't working. But even if they're happy in the relationships, they're still not feeling fulfilled. There's still that emptiness that is pushing them, but they don't understand it. And they think, and then, then they, you know, then it falls onto the other person to make them happy. And well, then we go into the whole cycle of the old paradigm, but it's, it's interesting times. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh... So, one of the the themes in the book is that there may be some outside and i'm not i don't think it's necessarily interference but that there's outside forces that are sort of maybe helping us or guiding us or and i think i think there it has always been that case i mean i know that we have complete free will and, you know, we will make the choices we're supposed to make, but that there may be some more guidance that's been happening in the last little while that's sort of been directing us towards a force. And and in the book, in the case of the book, it may not have been necessarily in their best interest, although it did assist to help them get back on track. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think um, the idea of free will, I mean, free will is going to be the last class of the academy that I've, I've got to write yet. Um, and free will is a really, really interesting concept to me because, um, you know, we have free will. That's the whole point of us being and we have free will. But, you know, there are some it does sometimes feel like you're being kind of nudged. I always use the word nudged rather than pushed or <laughs> manipulated. But um, you're kind of being nudged in a certain direction or nudged to do a certain thing even though it kind of goes against what you would want to do or, and those nudges might come in the form of other people. I mean, there's been plenty of times where I've been nudged or somebody I know has been nudged by somebody and you kind of think, well, but is that really what you want? Oh, but they said I should, so I'm, right. I'm going to do it. And you're like, well, really? You know, and it's just, it, we put our trust in, in other people's opinions and, and ideas. And I, one of the things that I kind of stopped doing was I used to love getting uh, readings you know, medium readings and card readings. and I love readings. Um, and I found, and I, I talk about this in the in the Unicorn book, actually, um, that I stopped having readings because several times, I think it was, it was literally about five or six times, I had the same message mm. in each reading. And I went, oh, my goodness, I don't want it. Like, that is not the path that I want to take. That's not the future that I want. That's, no, I don't want it. And I started to kind of make decisions based on trying to not make it happen. (laughs) You know, and I tried it. I was in such resistance to it that I was just doing anything possible. Just I don't want it to happen. I don't really don't want it. And I said, well, this is kind of ridiculous because instead of making choices based on what I wanted to create, I was making choices based on something that might never happen. But a few people said would. So I trusted that it would, (laughs) you know, and it's, um, you know, and by them telling me that, you know, a couple of times I thought, well, if it's going to happen, I might as well just make it happen then. Yeah, you know, and then it's prophecy. just like, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah, that self-fulfilling <laughs> you know, prophecy of, of... Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because we think, oh, well, they've said it's going to happen, so I might as well just let it happen. And I have to admit, a couple of times that has proved to be a useful thing. You know, I remember I was trying to make this big decision. Couldn't decide because actually I was trying to think of what everybody else would think ah, by me yeah. making this decision. I knew what I wanted, but I thought that everybody would be disappointed <laughs> by my decision. And I, I asked a, you know, somebody that I trust who does readings, and I was just like, "What do I do?" And he was like, "Do this," and it was exactly what I wanted. 
And I just thought, yep, okay, I'm just going to do it. And by having his backup, I feel like, it kind of gave me the permission to do what I really wanted. And in that case, that's a useful thing. But when you're told that something's going to happen that you really don't want to happen, just because they've said it doesn't mean that it's going to happen or that, you know, you have to kind of just go, oh, well, fine, I'll do that then. <laughs> um, but in the in the book, you know, the, there is this sort of nudging going on rather than, you know, the angels whispering guidance, you know, and, and help and wisdom, they actually start to put the thoughts. It's almost a bit like Inception. They start to put the thoughts kind of into people's minds to direct them in different ways. So the characters start to go, start to agree to things or start to do things that are quite out of character for them. And they're, and they're even thinking, well, hang on a minute, why do I, oh, well, I don't know, it's just happening so easily. Maybe it's meant to happen. Maybe I should be doing this. Mm-hmm. And they start to almost convince themselves that, oh, this is the right path. This is the right thing for me to do. But as soon as they, you know, become aware of what's happening, then it makes them question what they were actually feeling. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sometimes I think that does happen, you know, with different energies and things around you, you, you get influenced um, by these energies and it's not really you and it's not really what you want to be doing. So I think awareness is just the biggest thing to come to it really is to really be aware of who you are, what you like, what you don't like, what you stand for. And if outside forces try to kind of change that, then you can be aware, hang on a minute, I don't feel like that. That's not me. Right. You know, and you can you can take action to uh, to go, okay, thank you very much, but no. <laughs> right. So. Which I think is really the important part of us being able to manifest and choose our own path that, you know, we just need to focus on what we want instead of which we're yeah. usually focusing on what we don't want. <laughs> and that's a, yeah. you know, that's a tricky, it's so subtle, but it makes the world a difference. Right. In Definitely. Cases, I think, yeah, yeah, it, it's really, really easy to look at something and go, I don't want that. <laughs> and, you know, hear something and go, I don't want that. And the, the thing with being in resistance of something is that we really just make it bigger and, you know, we retract it even more. And, um, one of my, um, the, one of my favorite things that I read, uh, sort of in the last couple of years was, um, Araya Mountain Dreamers book, uh-huh. um, which I read them in backwards order because I, I found the call first, the third book. And there was a line in it. I read it and I was like, this is brilliant. I have to read it. Um, and well, later on, she was talking about being in resistance, with in, being at war with your reality, you know, battling with what is. And she said, if you battle with what is, then you'll never kind of get what you actually really want, you know, because you're too busy fighting, right. you know, what's going on around you. And by just accepting, this is where I am, this is what's happening, that's what's going on, okay, so what am I going to do about it? What do do I, you know, what do I want to create instead? How do I want to change things? And it's so much easier to be at war with what is there than to create something that isn't quite there yet because we can't see it or feel it yet, you know. But if that's where the whole, you know, manifestation kind of thing comes into is, it really makes you think and, and feel, you know, what do I actually really want? Right. Because a lot of people say, oh, I never get what I want. But if you ask them, well, what do you want? They don't know. Right. And you think, well, how can you create something that you, you don't know? Right. <laughs> you know, and that's why and that's why I think the secret is quite useful because, you know, you might know something little that you want. You might go, well, I would quite like that, you know, and you can start to create it and manifest it and, 
you know, the, I think probably one of the most ironic things um, in the whole spiritual path that I've come across, and I actually started writing a little mini book on this, we'll see if it actually comes out, um, is that as soon as you stop wanting things, that's when you get them all. Right. You know, as soon as you, you are completely at peace with where you are, with what you have, yes. and you're in a state of complete, like, this is awesome, I'm, you know, I'm totally surrendered to what is, things start happening and things will start coming to you and you'll just be like, well, well where was that when I needed it? <laughs> but, you know, when you're in that state of needing it, you're not in the right state to accept it and receive it. So, yeah, yeah, I think it's quite ironic. But, you know. <laughs> now, in the book, this one, you there are characters that are brought forth that mm, maybe weren't going to be so okay so the concept of the book is that we are moving towards the golden age or this very mm, enlightened aspect of earth the poss the best possibility that can happen yeah. and so some of the that is why there was some outside interference or some nudging as you say but you also yeah. brought in characters and one could be seen as you know a a past religious figure. Um, <laughs> and the other is more somebody who, you know, a twin flame that, you know, wasn't going to be coming that, that is, I mean, how do you, I really do feel that this is the time that it's, you know, it's going to be this lifetime. That's a huge shift in, um, in all that, you know, all that we have lived in the past, the past paradigms, the, the forgetfulness, all the things that sort of have created so much fear in this world can really take that level and that we're getting to that tipping point where we're just about to, you know, jump in the precipice of this new enlightened time. So how do you feel? Like, do you really feel there's... You know, is the second coming not really part of us recognizing our own divinity? Or do you really feel that there are, you know, things out there also that are coming in that are going to be here on the physical world supporting some of these changes? Yeah, I think, um, like I said, yeah, to make this shift happen, we kind of need all hands on deck kind of thing. It's, you know, and as you know, in the series, one of the sort of themes of the whole thing is that this is kind of like a second take. Yes. And that we've already lived this life and this world to the end of the world. And now we've gone back and we've shifted into a different dimension and we're doing it again. And it's that's why I think it can be more playful. I think it can be more experimental. You know, we can try out stuff and see what's happening and and change, you know, that outcome. We don't have to live the same life over again. You know, we can do something different and it is already completely different to the original timeline. And it's funny how, you know, there's a lot of other things, a lot of other theories popping up about this idea that we're on a different timeline <laughs> or in a different dimension. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know, that's kind of what I was talking about. But um, I think, I mean, towards the end of the, the, you know, the book where there's a couple of, of Twin Flame reunions that should never have happened and they have happened this time around, you know, I think that's kind of the theme you know, going into the ninth book, that is the idea that, you know, there will be reunions and connections that in the previous timeline just never happened, uh -huh. you know, but because this is a kind of a do-over, <laughs> as, uh, as Ari would call it, you know, we're, we're recognizing, you know, each other a lot 
faster. We're, you know, we're reconnecting with people. And we, we're kind of understanding that actually, yeah, there's a deeper meaning and purpose to all of this. It's not just all about the stuff on the surface. You know, we've, we've done that. We've been there, done that, got the t-shirt. We don't really necessarily need to do that again. It's kind of like the old soul feeling of, you know, I've done it all. I've seen it all. I've, I've, yeah, I'm not interested in kind of doing all of that again. I just want to get to the good stuff. (laughs) And, you know, the good stuff is the deep connections with other people. It's the relationships and it's, you know, and it's creating this higher vibration and, and being authentic and truthful and completely transparent in our conversations and in our connections with people. And, you know, I've really gotten to the point in my own life where I've, I've, I've got no time for the BS. I really, you know, I really don't care about the sort of the small talk or the, you know, or the weather talk or, <laughs> you know, or if you've got a problem with me, just say it. Like, you know, just, just get it out there. You know, I don't, I always, I just don't have the kind of patience, I suppose, anymore. I need to get onto the professor of patience for that one. Um, to just, yeah, just harbor unsaid things, you know, because things are moving so fast. We need to just, you know, we just need to have things out in the open. We just need to, you know, be truthful and transparent and just, you know, it's so much easier to say what you want to say and then just let it dissipate. Oh, that's done. All right. Okay. We can move on to something else, you know, and um, yeah, I think we can, completely create the you know the world that we want to experience and live in in this particular you know timeline if if we focus on the things we want to create and i know it's really hard when you know the news is popping up constantly i mean there's been so many you know events i don't really know what to call them in a, in a sort of more positive way but you know there's been so many situations recently and it's really easy to just get sucked in by the fear and the drama and the the tragedy of it and of people going home, you know, way before they probably should. And it's just, you know, it's easy to get into that lower energy of, you know, fear and worry and stress. And, but we can't create from that space, you know, we're cut off from the source in that space. And it's, you know, it takes conscious effort. I mean, I was trying to explain this to, to my flame the other day. I said, it actually takes, quite a lot of conscious effort to be positive i said my kind of default mode if you like is negative thoughts and most people who kind of know me or have met me in the last few years particularly they're like what that that doesn't make sense you're the most positive person i know it's like yeah that takes a lot of effort (laughs) because it's really easy to just get sucked into the negative drama that goes on the back of my head of what if this happened or what if that happened or worst case scenario that you know, and it's, um, you know, that is my default kind of setting. And I've, I've worked really hard to try and, well, not necessarily change it, but just to be so aware of it that as soon as I slip into that place, I go, uh-uh, no, I don't need to be thinking this. Thank you very much. And I move myself into a different space. But it does take a conscious effort and it does take energy to do that, to focus on what we want, not what we don't want. Yes. And I think, you know... And I mean, you know, recently I've sort of seen lots of posts, oh, you know, people saying send love and light and all that crap and, <laughs> you know, it doesn't change anything. And it's like, but if enough people did it, it would change things, you know, because we cannot change the world from that state of fear and anger and it just it just doesn't work you know it's that's why we haven't experienced the golden age yet i i feel because we've we've allowed ourselves to get sucked into those you know into those spaces 
Okay, so, well, we're going to have to uh, wrap this yeah. up, but uh, wow. All right, so again, eighth book coming out. Get it. If you haven't read this series, you know, start from the beginning because it's a beautiful journey. And I understand there's a prequel, but we'll get to that maybe uh, in another talk. Yes, but uh, check out her um, her books because they really are amazing. Go to my um, thank you very much, Michelle. You've been listening to News for the Heart. We've been getting to the heart of what matters, and we'll be back next week. Have a question for Lori and want to be on the next News from the Heart show? Drop us a line via instant feedback at bmajor.org. News from the Heart is brought to you by Intuitive Soul and is produced by Major Radio for Clear Channel's iHeartRadio and bmajor.org. 